Part three, chapter fifty one of Thus Spake Zarathustra by Friedrich Nietzsche, translated by Thomas Common. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On passing by. Thus, slowly wandering through many peoples and diverse cities, did Zarathustra return by roundabout roads to his mountains and his cave. And behold, thereby came he unawares also to the gate of the great city. Here, however, a foaming fool with extended hands sprang forward to him and stood in his way. It was the same fool whom the people called the Ape of Zarathustra, for he had learned from him something of the expression and modulation of language, and perhaps liked also to borrow from the store of his wisdom. And the fool talked thus to Zarathustra. Oh, Zarathustra, here is the great city. Here hast thou nothing to seek and everything to lose. Why wouldst thou wade through this mire? Have pity upon thy foot. Spit, rather, on the gate of the city, and turn back. Here is the hell for anchorite's thoughts. Here are great thoughts, seethed alive and boiled small. Here do all great sentiments decay. Here may only rattle-bone sensations rattle. Smellest thou not already the shambles and cook-shops of the spirit? Steameth not this city with the fumes of slaughtered spirit? Seest thou not the souls hanging like limp, dirty rags? And they make newspapers also out of these rags. Hearest thou not how spirit hath here become a verbal game? Loathsome verbal swill doth it vomit forth. Then they make newspapers also out of this verbal swill. They hound one another, and know not whither. They inflame one another, and know not why. They tinkle with their pinchbeck, they jingle with their gold. They are cold and seek warmth from distilled waters. They are inflamed, and seek coolness from frozen spirits. They are all sick and sore through public opinion. All lusts and vices are here at home, but here there are also the virtuous. There is much appointable appointed virtue, much appointable virtue with scribe fingers and hardy sitting flesh and waiting flesh blessed with small breast stars and padded haunchless daughters there is here also much piety and much faithful spittle licking and spittle backing before the god of hosts from on high drippeth the star and the gracious spittle for the high longeth every starless bosom. The moon hath its court, and the court hath its moon-calves. Unto all, however, that cometh from the court do the mendicant people pray, and all appointable mendicant virtues. I serve, thou servest, we serve. So prayeth all appointable virtue to the prince, that the merited star may at last stick on the slender breast. But the moon still revolveth around all that is earthly, 
so revolveth also the prince around what is earthliest of all that however is the gold of the shopmen the god of the hosts of war is not the god of the golden bar the prince proposeth but the shopman disposeth by all that is luminous and strong and good in thee o zarathustra spit on this city of shopmen and return back here floweth all blood putridly and tepidly and frothily through all veins spit on the great city which is the great slum where all the scum frotheth together spit on the city of compressed souls and slender breasts of pointed eyes and sticky fingers on the city of the obtrusive the brazen-faced the pen demagogues and tongue demagogues the overheated ambitious where everything maimed ill-famed lustful untrustful over mellow sickly yellow and seditious festereth pernicious spit on the great city and turn back here however did zarathustra interrupt the foaming fool and shut his mouth stop this at once called out zarathustra long have thy speech and thy species disgusted me why didst thou live so long by the swamp that thou thyself hast to become a frog and a toad floweth there not a tainted frothy swamp blood in thine own veins when thou hast thus learned to croak and revile why wentest thou not into the forest or why didst thou not till the ground is the sea not full of green islands i despise thy contempt and when thou warnest me why didst thou not warn thyself out of love alone shall my contempt and my warning bird take wind but not out of the swamp they call thee mine ape thou foaming fool but i call thee my grunting pig by thy grunting thou spoilest even my praise of folly what was it that first made thee grunt because no one sufficiently flattered thee therefore didst thou seat thyself beside this filth that thou mightest have cause for much grunting that thou mightest have cause for much vengeance for vengeance thou vain fool is all thy foaming i have divined thee well but thy fool's word injureth me even when thou art right and even if zarathustra's word were a hundred times justified thou wouldst ever do wrong with my word thus spake zarathustra then did he look on the great city and sighed and was long silent at last he spake thus i loathe also this great city and not only this fool here and there there is nothing to better nothing to worsen woe to this great city and i would that i already saw the pillar of fire in which it will be consumed 
for such pillars of fire must precede the great noontide. But this hath its time and its own fate. This precept, however, give I unto thee in parting, thou fool. Where one can no longer love, there should one pass by. Thus spake Zarathustra, and passed by the fool and the great city. Notes by Anthony M. Ludovici Here we find Nietzsche confronted with his extreme opposite, with him, therefore, for whom he is most frequently mistaken by the unwary. Zarathustra's ape, he is called in the discourse, he is one of those at whose hands Nietzsche had to suffer most during his lifetime, and at whose hands his philosophy has suffered most since his death. In this respect, it may seem a little trivial to speak of extremes meeting, but it is wonderfully apt. Many have adopted Nietzsche's mannerisms and word-coinages, who had nothing in common with him beyond the ideas and business they plagiarized. But the superficial observer and a large portion of the public, not knowing of these things, not knowing perhaps that there are iconoclasts who destroy out of love and are therefore creators, and that there are others who destroy out of resentment and revengefulness and who are therefore revolutionists and anarchists, are prone to confound the two to the detriment of the nobler type if we now read what the fool says to Zarathustra, and note the tricks of speech he has borrowed from him, if we carefully follow the attitude he assumes, we shall understand why Zarathustra finally interrupts him. Quote, Stop this at once, Zarathustra cries. Long have thy speech and thy species disgusted me. Out of love alone shall my contempt and my warning bird take wind, but not out of the swamp. End quote. It were well if this discourse were taken to heart by all those who are too ready to associate Nietzsche with lesser and noisier men, with mountebanks and mummers. End of part three, chapter fifty one. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.